and I'm going to give myself like a good 20 seconds of complete silence for room tone that I can edit out. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. You scum sucking ingrate. <laughs> been in a street fight um i've been very adjacent to street fights street fight adjacent street fight adjacent uh i'm not comfortable going into more details <laughs> being uh redacted in in redacted yep. and you know having seen redacted in multiple redacted 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 <laughs> exactly couldn't have said it better myself yeah for me, there's one particular street fight that always sticks in my mind that is kind of why we're sitting here today. Mm. Do you remember that time that the Proud Boys, neo-Nazis, and a bunch of the other cave-dwelling frog people from rural Oregon <laughs> rolled into redacted a few summers back? <laughs> uh, I remember multiple of those times, but I know what you're talking about, the specific instance, yes. That day, I was punched frog the frog people. That day I was punched, kicked, batoned, paint ballooned, had multiple guns pointed at me. It was just in general, kind of a shitty time. Yeah. But the right wing weapon of choice that I really learned to hate that day wasn't guns or batons. It was bear mace. Yeah, I've, I've heard. Uh, yeah. Bear mace is real bad. Important tip, listeners. If you ever plan to get bear maced, don't. <laughs> <laughs> bear mace is just sticky fire if it gets on your clothes or god forbid in your long flowing soy boy hair it, <laughs> it will stick to you forever and burn really bad this is why i don't have uh, long hair or flowing hair you're not enough of a soy boy aaron i am not it will burn for hours or until you take the world's longest or coldest shower it is a truly miserable experience, and I am not kidding when I say I prefer a beating to a macing. This particular day, I received a bear macing so bad that I had a spray tan that didn't wash off for days. Oh, Fucking miserable. I, from what I remember, the bear mace was flying pretty yes, uh, liberally that day. It was that day. a lot of mace. Yeah. I got this one because I was a few lines back, and I saw a friend go down and the push between the two crowds, so... I shoved my way forward, tried to grab them up, yep. and I spooked one of the fash that was near the front line where my friend had fallen. Shocking. Shocking. That that one of them Who'd got spooked thought? easily. Big old tough guy. Who'd have thought? I'm not very intimidating. I wasn't moving towards him. There was no reason to mace me, but he let me have it with both barrels. Everything started to burn. I couldn't breathe. I stumbled backward almost completely blind, and the last image I remember before my eyes started to swell shut was a large white man with a can of mace and a small gold cross hanging out over his camo plate carrier. <laughs> Lying on the ground, choking on my own mucus, I was, as you are now, 
struck by the irony of Christians for bear macing. <laughs> That's a horrible little sect of Christianity. Yep. Truly horrible group of people. Yeah. I know that Christianity is a religion that does horrible shit pretty much nonstop. No. I'm not here to defend Christianity. No. 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 The irony for me wasn't about Christianity as a religion that day. It was about this man individually. I'm sure he had that cross on display for a reason. He was out there in part because of religious beliefs. And that day I became fascinated about how the plate carrier, the bear mace, and the cross all came together to form one ideology. And why did he feel that he had to go out onto the street and defend that ideology with the almighty power of spicy. <laughs> In the days after this attack, I became like totally obsessed with this question. Hmm. While I healed and I processed, I also gobbled up right-wing content almost nonstop looking for a philosophical reason for my chemical ass beating. And that's why when people say your name, they think a very balanced person who is not in need of therapy at all. Yeah, not, not yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. Someone who does not spend a lot of free time on Twitter. Absolutely not. Don't need anyone to check in on me. Never. (laughs) Was trying to find the philosophy behind my own ass beating a silly project. Who's to say, Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I think uh, we can say no, because that's the reason we're here today. Yes. And uh, uh, what is more productive than making a podcast? The, really the thing the world needs. It's more podcasts. <laughs> but in this quixotic quest, I did learn some things. I watched Proud Boys chant, quote, <laughs> I'm a proud Western chauvinist and I won't apologize for making the modern world. I also watched uh, Jordan Peterson's unhinged Fuck. rants on cultural Marxism. I listen to Ben Shapiro's always banging racist tirades against Muslims, where he paints Islam as a violent ideology bent on destroying the West, and consumed a cornucopia of other racist bullshit. The common thread through all of it was the importance and significance of the Western world. This is nothing new, and I'm far from the first person to point this out about any of these people. Yeah. Protecting the white race or the Western world or Western thought or national identity or a Kmart has been a key piece of racist (laughs) ideology for as long as we've known the world was round. (laughs) The holiest of holy, the holy of holies, the Aron HaKodesh, (laughs) Kmart. Fucking ancient Greeks said all the same racist shit about Persians right before 300 people died at Thermopylae. Yeah. It's all, all the same shit. So... This man, I am sure, thought he was protecting the West from me in some way. That's why he bear yeah. me that day. Of course. And <laughs> we thank him. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I, I wasn't allowed to bring down the Western world single-handedly. <laughs> with my discount gas mask. <laughs> that was not doing its job. Absolutely not. We- <laughs> and him protecting the West from me was really interesting to me. I am white, I am male presenting, but more than anything else, I have a degree in classics and the history of Western math and science. 
you should be the apotheosis. Yes. You should have been right there with him as you were bear macing yourself. Yeah. To protect yeah. the West from me. Exactly. The Western culture scholar. <laughs> you get <Yeah>. it. Yeah. <laughs> I've read Plato and Aristotle, Descartes and Kant, Heidegger and Hegel, Einstein and Newton. It's not a humble brag. I spent four years of my life and wasted tens of thousands of dollars to learn about the thing these fascists are protecting. A few months later, I was going to be attending a Christian seminary where I would spend more money and more time to learn about more Western shit. Yeah. To put it another way, I know the West way better than anyone who has ever maced me trying to protect it from me. It is my somewhat expert opinion that the West never was. I I was attacked by a man defending an illusion. The West is a mirage propagated by the worst elements of academia. The West, scare quotes, is an intellectual movement that has spanned millennia, continents, racial and ethnic divides, and damn near every major world religion. It isn't one movement or one place or one art. It is like all things, a tangled history whose roots are inseparable from any other cultural tree. However, in order for their ideology to spread, fascists require a simple reading of this complicated history. They need a unified, read white, world to fight for. So they make one up. Sure. As an armchair expert on the Western canon, I would like to contest that reading of history. So in the spirit of that, welcome to our podcast, The Right Can't Read, a podcast about how the right-wing co-ops art, culture, science, philosophy, history, and anything that isn't nailed down so that they can make society worse than ever before. Even a lot of things that are nailed down. That's fair. Even things that are explicitly outlined to be a specific anti-right-wing way, they will, they'll try for it. A friend of my uh, father-in-law proclaimed himself a right-wing anarchist to him the other day. How does that happen? What? (laughs) I mean, is that just a a fan of Ayn Rand? Is that what that means? Um, On this podcast, we only refer to her by her title, welfare recipient Ayn Rand. (laughs) Sorry, I apologize. Welfare recipient Ayn Rand. Social security Um, receiver Ayn Rand. So, yeah, (laughs) that's... That's something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, that that's 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 what we're going to be doing for however long we we go until we get bored of this. Yeah. And uh, you know, I you know, I think we're starting off on uh, on a good good foot here. You know, some people would say, "Oh, you should you should lead off with like the small things, like talk about how." the right wing has taught has kind of taken control of rhetoric in local politics or like school boards yeah that that would be smart that would be smart and we considered that yeah we held a lot of meetings the two of us about this and and we we had a lot of very heated debates and uh we and we admit you know after some time got heated we had to take a break and then we we both agreed that you know what the best way to start this off is talking about jesus h christ and that cross that you saw yep the man himself we're talking about jesus baby who would definitely have bear maced me that day and and just to be clear to to listeners uh we are not talking about john Turturro's character from the big lebowski we're not talking about the jesus fuck i gotta rewrite this whole script (laughs) 
Oh, wait, you did. This is why we can't do that over signal chatter. Damn it, shark. <laughs> Damn it. So, in case you're wondering, listener, I am Robert Sharkey. I'm a classics oh, yes. nerd, a left-wing theory reader, and a general cantankerous internet troglodyte who needs to be checked on. <laughs> Just, I, I am joined today by Aaron Simon, a fellow cantankerous internet troglodyte, and I'm sure you have more to say about yourself, Aaron. Uh, yeah, no, that about sums it up. <laughs> uh, I I write some short stuff. I uh, I I do stuff in my day to day life to afford an apartment in a very in redacted which is a very affordable city yeah. that is renowned for its affordable living situations and uh i think one of the reasons i'm always stoked about talking about this kind of thing is uh i grew up in partly grew up in the south and uh it was the only jewish kid in my county which led to a lot of interesting questions like where are your horns <laughs> And uh, do you all still use electricity? What I'm getting at, America is fucked and has always been fucked. And I am going to be super real. I have had a very busy day and did a fair amount of drugs to get through it. So I'm going to do a little more of those drugs now. (laughs) In an effort to continue getting through it. So... Who is this Jesus guy anyway? John Turturro and Lebowski. Exactly. I I feverishly rewrote the script to not be about him in (laughs) our break, Aaron. Oh, wow. So you'll be impressed. Yeah, we took a two-minute break, and I have a whole new script. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, with no big Lebowski references. (laughs) Such focus you have. (laughs) 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 That was, that, that Yoda laugh is too good. Been doing that my entire life, my friend. <laughs> Practicing that. Oh. So, Aaron, before I can tell you about the anarchist communist street preacher Jesus, who being a member of tri- of the tribe you've never heard about. Never. We have to spend a little time learning about why Jesus wanted to change almost everything about the world he was born into. Mm-hmm. Smash cut back to 2,344 years ago. It is the year 323 BCE, and gay icon Alexander the Great has just died in mysterious (laughs) circumstances. (laughs) Um, And the big problem with gay icon Alexander the Great is that he wasn't very good at fucking women and did not leave a clear successor to run his empire. Yeah. Look, I've played Rome Total War. Uh, I I have been privy to the internet's debates about whether or not Pontus should have been a playable faction over the Celestine Empire. But I suppose you should give people an introduction who have not been on the Total War forums. Yeah. If you if you played Total War, just skip ahead. We'll timestamp it for the non-Total War players. We totally will tone timestamp it. Well, Absolutely. The total total war timestamp. Total, total war timestamp. Total time cop. Time cut. <laughs> Abolish the time time police. <laughs> John, uh, JCVD just shuddered for no reason. <laughs> so Alexander was an only child and his legitimate son wouldn't be born until a few months after his death. 
and more than a decade spent conquering the known world had left Alexander with a large empire and lots of professional murder friends. (laughs) I feel like that's a more accurate and honest description of generals. Yeah, they're just murder buddies. Murder buddies. Some people play pickup basketball. Some people are on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. We all have our hobbies. Exactly. Basketball has done truly horrific things to Vietnam in a way the Joint Chiefs of Staff never have. So, <laughs> I mean, we, we could uh, take a serious look at the slow si- slide toward propaganda of uh, the NFL. Oh, my God. The yeah. MLB. I guess the NBA. I don't follow the NBA at all, so I don't know what they're like. And I, probably the NHL is, I would say, the one that is not susceptible toward overt propagandizing but i don't who watches hockey i don't know canadians canadians yeah people from minnesota who are basically canadians <laughs> exactly they're just canada like yeah eastern they're, they're labat they're labat ice blue but you do watch baseball which isn't a lot better aaron let's be honest i yeah i like baseball we'll get into that <laughs> maybe we won't get into that. Continue yeah. about not. We're, we were talking about murder buddies. Murder buddies and Alexander murder the Great's buddies. murder buddies. So when Alexander the Great, God King, unexpectedly kicked the bucket, all those warlords did what warlords do, and they all turned on each other. It was about 50 years of these guys slaughtering their former murder buddies, and then three large kingdoms emerged, each headed by one of Alexander's henchmen, one in Macedonia one in Egypt, and then another kingdom that stretched 3,000 miles from the Black Sea to India, which was the good that's one. A, that was the one you that's wanted. A fairly, that's a decent distance. Yeah, Continental United States, you'll take it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, the thing about all these kingdoms was that the people at the very top of the social hierarchy were ethnically and culturally Greek. Mm, the Greeks. They make good food, but the less said about them. Yeah. They do make good food, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. Falafel. Yeah. Falafel allows me to forgive all their crimes. Just tzatziki. Mm. Mm. They never did. <laughs> the Greeks did nothing wrong. <laughs> Euros. Yeah, yeah. Did nothing wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, because the warlords and the professional Greek soldiers who followed Alexander from Macedonia were the ones that took over the empire. Or they were the recently arrived Greek colonists who had come in like the second wave after the conquest. That was the ruling class. Everyone Mm. below this ruling class was not Greek. They might have been Egyptian, Persian, Babylonian, Hebrew, you name it, but definitely not Greek. Now, where does this fall in in the timeline of pre or post ancient Greece simulator, also known as Assassin's Creed Odyssey? This would be post. This was okay. Post okay. post documentary Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Thank you. Yeah, the post interactive documentary Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So yeah, all right. And remember who you talk to in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> what, what fucking Greek asshole they put in the trailer to successfully make me buy that game? Every every Greek asshole is in that game. And I was like, God, they're fucking milking me. And I still bought it. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, though. Con. Um. 
So the not Greek people did all the shitty jobs that Greek people were too good for. So your basic colonial structure. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think that a bunch of foreign warlords and colonizers getting rich off the backs of a populace they had very little in common with is a recipe for an uprising, so so did they. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, they were ready for it. So eventually they did the only sensible thing and decided to kill untold thousands of people in brutal colonial wars. That's that's my uh, recommendation to anyone yeah. who gets involved in this. My dog's recommendation too, just except he usually yeah. uh, streamlines it. Exactly. And suggests Barry, Barry Kissinger. Barry, Barry Kissinger. <laughs> yeah. So they just murdered everybody. Uh, and they did this through a policy of forced cultural fusion that today is called Hellenization. You ever heard of Hellenization? Uh, From Total War? I, I, You know, I have. From Total War. Uh, it's that process by which one converts another culture to another. Not great. Uh, not great no. Generally speaking. No. Let people do their own thing yeah. is my general rule. Yeah. And, and the Greeks yeah. did not agree. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think... I, I think there's a holiday about the multiple holidays about this in Judaism, <laughs> if memory serves, uh, such as I.E. E.G. Hanukkah. Yeah. The theory is simple and possibly sound. If the Greeks give a tiny bit and accept a little Egyptian influence and Egyptians give away most of their culture and become Greek, then we don't have to have a horrific <laughs> race war, was their thought. It's a, it's a melting pot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, cultural fusion sounds nice today. It sounds like kimchi quesadilla or sushi yeah, exactly. burritos. Those are good restaurants. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah, great restaurants at the bottom of uh, five over ones. Exactly. In safe neighborhoods that you've been the the benefit of beneficiary of been you know, redacted. Been redact in redacted. Yeah. Where there are no anyone who's not you. Yeah, it's because all... they're scary. It's all the same, same redacted people. It's the same redacted people in redacted. (laughs) So this, it sounds nice, but it was actually just Greek people murdering people until they became Greek. Um, Yeah. Are you saying that the mechanics of several of the games that I like are problematic? Oh, it's a shame that I have to break this to you that the game titled <laughs> Total War is problematic. Or, or are you saying that the game title Crusader Kings 3 has problematic elements and the convert culture mechanic? Ooh. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, not that it was all bad. There are some pretty cool statues of Hercules guarding the Buddha, which is fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so Hellenization is happening, and the stiffest resistance to Hellenization happened in a little land that's been quiet ever since, known as Palestine. (laughs) The perfectly peaceful area of a certain region called the Middle East. Yeah, There there was a group of people who lived in Palestine that were attached to a unique and tradition-based cultural heritage. Do, do you know who this might be, Aaron? Gozeri? Gozer? <laughs> Gozer the Gozerian? Gozer the Gozerian? <laughs> oh, no, you're talking about the Jews. You're the talking... Jew, yes. The oh, Jews. my people. Yeah, your people. The people who oh. have two rules, you shall They're... have no other god before me and don't eat pork. Well, there are a lot of other rules. There's ten of them, for example. 
Well, but those two conflicted with the sacrificing a pig to Zeus thing that they were trying to get them to do. Well, sure. And I guess. uh, What would the Greeks say if they knew that I... Never mind. Cut that. Go on. (laughs) Hey, Karen, Karen, Karen in the editing room. Can you cut that? Thanks. Fuck it. We'll do it live. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what followed this clash of cultures was shiny and new back then. But you probably know the story if you've been alive for any time in the past 2000 years. Some Jewish people, Hebrews at the time, especially the ruling class who wanted to stay the ruling class embraced Hellenization while the more traditional Jews... We would call them Kohanim, right? Well, maybe not Kohanim. I guess, well, they were the priestly cast, so likely the Kohanim. I'm trying to think back to the, the details of the story of Hanukkah, as I remember it. But yeah, the Mac... Anyway, you, you go ahead. Go explain this to me, please. Go, yeah, let, let yeah. me go explain <laughs> yeah. you, Jewish history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Aaron, there's this holiday called Hanukkah. It's in the book Oh, is that like Christmas? It's like it's exactly like oh, Christmas. It's the same okay. as Christmas. It's just Jewish oh, Christmas. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> now you get it. <laughs> I understand now. The yeah. completely secular holiday of Christmas. Don't look at the word. Exactly. <laughs> they got the words. Um, <laughs> they got the words. Yeah, so upper class Jews embraced Hellenization, which is why one of the oldest copies of the Old Testament, the Torah, is in ancient Greek, while the more traditional, less fancy Jewish folks at the time rejected it as blasphemous, this process of Hellenization, the ruling class responded to the latter group of people by just completely fucking killing them. And the poor people responded the same. And bada bing, bada boom, we have an insurgent rebellion, a race war, and a religious crusade all happening in one small area. And now that's why we eat latkes. That is why we eat latkes and why Palestine is super chill to this very day. (laughs) (laughs) To make a long story short, the general dysfunction of this Eastern Empire, combined with how badass the lower class rebelling Hebrews were at guerrilla warfare, yielded one semi-independent Jewish state where a man could circumcise his kids and take Saturday off like independent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're missing a key component of this, of course, which is, uh, you know, yeah, circumcise your kids, yeah. take Saturday off, yeah. nail a scroll to your, your door, your, your door frame and uh you know not eat fucking pig i've pulled up the sparks notes of the torah here and that's all they say that's it yeah that's, that's all it is four tenets yeah. of judaism as the ram as the rambam said uh chop your <laughs> no <laughs> continue <laughs> <sighs> Every every ancestral voice rose up in unison and said no right then. <laughs> it was, I, I witnessed what it is to be the Kwisatz Haderach at that point. And like Paul Atreides, <laughs> I saw 
through the ages. <laughs> Knew all pasts and all futures. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Yeah, so this was one of the 15-minute windows in history where we got a free Palestine. <laughs> um, no, you, you, you say those words, and now we are like the... The ire of Barry Weiss. Oh, yeah, we're we're about to get trolled on Twitter. Um, (laughs) So even though Palestine was freed, that didn't like remove all of the Hellenized Jewish people or the traditional Jewish people. So all of the problems were still there and they would produce events both tragical and comic for the centuries afterwards. Whatever you do, don't look up non-surgical foreskin restoration. Jesus, I've seen, um, there's a good HBO show called How To with John Wilson, and uh, it's a good show. Are you about to tell me they do this on the show? Yes. <laughs> well, there is a guy oh. who who has a dev- has an, an apparatus that he claims does this. Nope. Beyond that, it's a really good show. Nope. It is. It's a good show. Nope. <laughs> that's in the episode about how to cover your furniture if you take a little piss inside a pot of soup i'm not having any of that soup <laughs> doesn't matter how small the piss aaron this is a, a, a by extension what's your what's your view on haggis now I don't I don't accept any food that comes from north of Kashmir. Ah, you're you're a better Jew than I am. Blanket Congratulations. rule. <laughs> <laughs> north of Kashmir. No white no white people make good food. <laughs> I'll consider this. Go ahead. And if you at me on Twitter and say the French, anyone <laughs> listening to this, I will lose my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought about that for like the briefest of seconds. And in that in that second, I experienced an eternity. Yes. And I thought, well, baguettes, but that's just bread. Yeah, everyone's got bread. Everyone's got bread. Yeah. So while Pal- while this held together for a few centuries, eventually a truly competent group of colonizers came to do the job right, the Roman Republic. Yes. Well, no, by that time it was the empire. I don't think the Republic, right? Republic didn't spread that far. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, This wasn't shitty late stage. Everyone has lead poisoning Rome. This was (laughs) big dick Rome, Aaron. Only some people have lead poisoning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It hadn't like filtered down through the generations. (laughs) Yeah, this is like the Rome that had just subjugated all of Spain and North Africa yeah. and Greece and Anatolia, like big sure. dick Rome. Cathago Delinda asks, yes. yada, yada, yada. And yeah. big dick Rome's favorite thing is conquering people who would like to be left the fuck alone. Um, yeah. So yeah. they rolled up on Palestine, looked at this vast array of Jewish people and were like, welcome to Rome. <laughs> um <laughs> And like, but like every couple that moves in together too quickly, the Roman Jewish relationship was a little fraught. To this day, yeah. To this day, if you put a if you put an Italian and a Jew in a room, it's going to be a lot of yelling. Yeah, if you offer an Italian and Jew rule over Palestine, there's going to be some disagreement. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. 
they they should have two competing restaurants on the same block and that's it <laughs> like you have an italian restaurant on one end of the block and then you have a deli on the other that sounds magical it does you go to the deli for lunch and you hang out there because you eat the giant sandwich and you're plotting because it's such a huge sandwich and you just sit there and you're drinking coffee all day just to stop yourself from passing out by the time the sun sets you go it's time for dinner and then you go to the italian restaurant this is and yeah you, you get pasta this is the kind just, of multicultural world that's only and, possible and, in joe biden's america <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, don't think about it. Um, so, <laughs> so Romans and Jews live together about as well as Greeks and Jews, um, swapping Greek and Roman rulers. <laughs> or Jews and Jews. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> swapping Greek for Roman rulers didn't really fix any of the problems they had before. You just tried to swap people making Jews Greek to making Jews Roman. Yep. And again, to reiterate, I... Being a yin myself, uh, if you put two Jews in the same room, we will create our own hierarchies <laughs> and demand that one person goes to shul at the right place and the other person doesn't want to go to shul there. And so then it causes a whole new thing. This is a fact. <laughs> mm. So Rome, like the Hellenistic kingdoms, was a super stratified society with an insanely wealthy upper class who pretty much had all of the political power. Beneath them was a middle class that was large and patriotic enough to provide a conquering army. So did these did these patriotic Romans? Yep. I can see the infinite patience in your eyes. <laughs> these patriotic Romans go through the streets of Rome with chariots with a thin blue line. <laughs> yeah, they had, they had big <laughs> fuck off flags on yeah. <laughs> Oh God. Jesus Christ. Um, can't even think about that. They probably did. Yeah. They absolutely had like chariots that got pulled through the city with big fuck off flags for sure. I, I have not verified that, but there's no way it wasn't the case. Um, history is a flat circle. Things never change. Um, in the spirit of that, there were droves of urban poor in Palestine who were one bad month away from starvation. And below those people, barely on the edge of life, was an underclass of slaves who were on death's door and had no rights whatsoever. To the Greeks and Romans, manual labor was unbecoming of a good and honorable person. The point of the slaves and the poor was to do all this backbreaking labor that society needed to function so that rich people with large fortunes could engage in virtuous pursuits. Like warfare, yeah. politics, art, athletics, philosophy, and throwing fucking banging parties. <laughs> yeah, the college. Yeah, college. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just the, yeah. It was just college all the time. Is what being yeah. an aristocrat was. I have been watching the TV show Bridgerton. What is Bridgerton? Of course, you don't know what is Bridgerton it? is. Aaron. No, I don't know what Bridgerton. Is. What is this? <laughs> is this like an? Is this a PBS show? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> it sounds like Downton Abbey. This is not Downton Abbey. What is this? It is a Shonda Rhimes show. Uh, it's like if Jane Austen was so what Shonda Shonda Rhimes is a director, writer, oh, okay. producer, person. Okay, it's like a colorblind casting of a Jane Austen novel. Apparently, 
okay. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah. Wait, was John, was Bridgerton a Jane Austen novel? No. Okay, just totally. Yeah, it's, Jane it's totally. Austen. It's set in like the same time okay. period, and everyone's okay. Mister Darcying all the time. Um, okay, so I'd hate it. You'd hate it. Yeah. All right, because you <laughs> don't know that Jane Austen is the best writer in the English language, which is a foolish uh, opinion on your part. Fuck but off. Fuck we off. <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna do just one episode where it's like oh yeah we're gonna be talking about star wars today and we get on to record and like no really i'm just gonna be talking to you about jane austen and i'm gonna be a captive audience jane austen creative genius you know what what mark twain had to say about jane austen <laughs> any any library without a jane austen book is a complete library <laughs> you see that's that's a that's good that is good Hell yeah, Mark Twain. <laughs> That's why Mark Twain only had maybe one and a half good books. He had so many good books. You go fuck yourself. <laughs> Listeners, I will not want to hear from you unless it's to say, Shark, go fuck yourself. It is about Connecticut Mark. Yankee and King Arthur's Court and That's part of Huckleberry Finn. A lot of Huckleberry Finn is good. Yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of great short stories. He does have some good short stories. He's got a lot of good essays. Uh, his 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 article about the horrible German language is fantastic. Uh, that that I'll give him. It is a bad one. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. So Bridgerton is a more accurate <laughs> depiction of being an aristocrat. <laughs> it's a lot of like partying and getting shitty and being an asshole all the time. And this mm. is true back then as now. Uh, now being the time when Bridgerton was set, which is 1840s England. I'm a classics major. Anything after 1800s is now. Go fuck yourself, listener. Um, (laughs) Don't at me. (laughs) Recent past is from 1600 to 1800. Yes. (laughs) Old times are from 1200 to 1600. Yes. So the Greek philosopher Plato, the most celebrated academic of the era and an aristocrat himself, thought an essential component of education was leisure time, the kind that was enabled by a perpetually oppressed lower classes. Slaves. Slaves, yeah, yeah. The Greeks and Romans didn't just think that work was bad. They thought people who worked were bad. (laughs) Poor people were seen as morally inferior to the upper classes. I don't think that's different today at all. (laughs) Like that, that has not changed. Not even a little bit. Yeah, we're apes. Yeah. We don't change. My favorite tweet I've seen in a long time was someone said, how bad do you have to be at foraging berries to invent constitutional democracy? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Accurate. Uh, That's good. Yeah. Because poverty was considered to breed servility, pettiness, vice, and moral bankruptcy, the rich upper and middle class were seen as more honorable, pious, loyal, wise, eloquent, etc. than poor people. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, all that shit. So think of the Roman upper class as Lucille Bluth meets Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most accurate read. Yes. They're all like I've ever kind heard. of fat white men with like a Lucille Bluth <laughs> attitude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't care for Plutarch. 
how much could a fig cost? <laughs> <laughs> if you were educated. Go see a gladiator. <laughs> I would watch this version of Arrested Development where it's just the Caesars. <laughs> this would be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were educated with the same textbook I was, then all of this might sound a little surprising. The ancient Mediterranean is often seen as the enlightened age of civilization. Overflowing with glorious generals, eloquent statesmen, beautiful marble monuments, and Brad Pitt's rippling abs in the movie Troy. But, but the fact is that by the height of the Roman Empire, slaves were somewhere between 10 and 15% of the population. And the owners of those slaves, half the owners of half of those slaves made up just over 1% of the empire's population. Oh, the 1%. The 1%. Yeah. Hmm. And people weren't happy with this state of affairs. Just ask Spartacus. Um, <laughs> Charlton Heston? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Famed Roman revolutionary Charlton Heston. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so this is where we circle all the way back to Palestine after this long tangent on Roman history. Um, so <laughs> That's right. We were talking about yeah, that. We get back to Palestine where we have a brutal religious insurgency against the colonial power. Check. A deadly yep. culture war that has raged for hundreds of years, scarring and killing generations. Check. And a slowly boiling class conflict that would eventually tear Rome apart. Check. Don't know if that's relatable content. Um, no, not at all. And in the middle of all this, <laughs> enter Christ from stage left. So before we get into the life of Jesus, there needs to be a little bit of a disclaimer because we haven't had enough tangents already. Uh, no. Now, when you write about who Jesus was, you run into a problem, which is no one fucking knows. No one has any clue. Yeah, there, there's like people who've done some work to kind of point into directions that lead to having a clue. And it's like uh, Zealot by Reza Aslan does a good job of kind of like consolidating yeah. that work into something that kind of points you into a general idea. Yeah. But it, it's it, definitely one of those things that's uh, because he is seen as, as I believe the term is the Godhead <laughs> by a significant amount of people on earth. It gets a little sketchy yeah, to, yeah. to try and pin that down. A few people have had some strong opinions over the years. Yeah. And those people have had a little power in that time. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a couple of wars about that. Yeah. Okay. Some exiles. Some funny hats. People get sent to islands. <laughs> yeah. But some great classical music, so all is forgiven. Um, exactly. Yeah. Which is really the only kind of music. Yeah, exactly. There's only one kind of music, and it's from Austria yeah. in the early <laughs> 19th century. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As Ben Shapiro will tell yes, you. Yes, exactly. There's only one kind of music. Fucking ghoul. <laughs> Anything beyond. 1800 and anything written uh, yeah outside of austria yeah. not music fucking yeah what are we gonna listen to italian opera aaron we're not Ugh. savages Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> no, my my dog took very strong offense to that italian opera of course he loves uh, uh he loves italian you know he loves french opera yeah oh my lord yeah. cancel barry on twitter you heard it here first <laughs> um yeah yeah yeah, so the historical facts of Jesus's life are a superheated debate, and you can read thousands of pages of scholarship. 
over what from when and written by who and in what language is legit. Um, people feel strongly enough about this that they're willing to say murder everyone in Europe about it. Yeah, um, several times. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to get into it here because I don't want to be murdered by everyone. In Smart. Europe. You don't want to yeah. get Richard Dawkins atten yeah, attention. No, if you get Richard Dawkins attention, he slowly corrupts <laughs> your soul through a piece of enchanted jewelry. I, I lived on Reddit from 2011 to 2016. <laughs> Yeah. I know what happens to those people. Yeah, <laughs> I've been through the valley of the, the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow of death. <laughs> I will feel fear evil. Yeah. So for our life of Christ, we're not doing the historical Jesus. We're just going with the big names, the Gospels according to John, Matt, Mark, and Luke. Matthew. Okay. Yeah. It's it's the New Testament there. <laughs> no. Torah 2, right, Electric right. Boogaloo. Torah 2. Thank yeah, you. Thank Torah you. Torah 2. Thank you. Is this part of the Talmud? Yes, definitely okay. part of the Talmud. Right. Rabbis love the New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbis hate this one small trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so these are gospels, not histories. Don't take this as facts of Jesus's life. We're analyzing a historical tradition here. I'm a talentless hack, not a historian. Yeah, there's a there's a moment there where I saw through your eyes exposure toward theology <laughs> <laughs> in grad school, and I saw ah, that's why, mm -hmm. that's why Shark left. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus was born around four BC in a manger. Manger, man, manger, manger the French yeah, was... to eat. <laughs> He was born in a buffet. Jesus. Continue. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it went, Jesus, salad, bar, orange chicken. <laughs> born in a Ponderosa steakhouse. Jesus H. Christ grew to such heights. <laughs> and all the baked potatoes gathered around. <laughs> the nativity is told in Iowa. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, his mother was a young allegedly virginal woman named Mary allegedly, allegedly. Um, there's a whole bunch of weird stuff that happens at his birth that I'm not going to get into it isn't important you can listen to Christmas carols or some shit you can watch the life of Brian yeah documentary life of Brian the, the documentary the life of Brian <laughs> Guiding stars, flocks of animals, old dudes walking very far. We don't care. Next, dogs um, and cats living living together. Mass hysteria. Go on. Yeah. Mass hysteria. The only important thing to remember is that Jesus's birth is pretty fucking low rent. Dude was born in a barn or a golden corral, depending on how you read it. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible doesn't have much to say about Jesus as a kid. We get short glimpses that he was kind of a weird know-it-all. And got into debates with adults. Was way too small for his small town. You know, just typical protagonist shit. The story of Christ kicks into gear when Jesus grows up. Once he's a whole ass adult, he just gets back to his town after having visions in the desert. And he rides in with just like huge son of God energy. It's very clearly the son of God, Aaron. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. Not zoning out at all. So, Continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he arrives into Galilee 
He tells everyone in Galilee they fucking suck and they need to do better. And everyone goes, yeah, you're probably right. Generally speaking, do do better is a is good guidance. Yeah, always. Yeah. He heals the sick, cures the lame, gives a bunch of sermons, stops some stoning, whips some bankers, and does some carpentry. All these actions are rad, but what people really connect to is Jesus's religious teachings, which are at the time seen as like populist Judaism. Sure. Yeah, he's 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 a <laughs> rabbi. He's yeah, yeah. Teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Reminder to everyone who's listening, it might be perking up right now. Why I'm going quiet is I don't really care. Also, uh, <laughs> Rabbi is based, just teacher, you yeah. know. I mean, I know I have met weird Goyim who get confused about this. Uh Judaism has not had a priestly caste or profession, whatever you want to call it, for a long time now, because there is no temple, and there probably should not be. Uh, a temple, but uh, the rabbi is just teacher, the person who kind of leads a group of people into study of the Torah and ethics and how to live a good life based on the teachings from the Torah, yada, 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 yada. We can go into Kohanim in a future time. We won't. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Orthodox, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's our pivot. We both become orthodox. <laughs> yeah, we all become black hat Jews. Yep. We are we are all Lubavitchers now. So Jesus's new take on Judaism is basically two new things, three new things. One, fewer rules, man. Two, an innate love of the poor and downtrodden. And three, a radical acceptance of others. None of these were new to Judaism, but this was his take. Radical acceptance of others. I think you could you could probably argue about radical acceptance of others, given the preponderance of genocide in the Old Testament, with large commandments being "Go wipe them out." That's fair. <laughs> I point you toward what we call Palestine, Israel, whatever, Judah, uh, being formerly formerly Canaan. Why is it not Canaan anymore? Well, we killed all. Yeah. <laughs> None left. <laughs> None left. <laughs> Ooh. so he does a bunch of miracles people really like him gets a big crowd gives some sermons on a hill etc etc you know the story um the really famous bit that's worth getting into is how his life ends the average person in jerusalem he, he died old yeah and surrounded by loved ones yeah i don't see what's yeah yeah on the toilet like elvis um, <laughs> The average man in Jerusalem loved Jesus. The government, not so much. The Romans were not big fans no. of reform. No. Neither is any ruling class. No. Pretty much every conservative element in the society hated Jesus. Yes. And those fall into two main camps, religious and political. Sure. On the religious side, there was a group of Jewish spiritual leaders called the Pharisees who really need a PR guy at this point. Um, <laughs> that's true yeah. for any group. That, that's, that's true. Yeah. Really need some good PR. Yeah. These are the non-Hellenized Jews we were talking about earlier. See, they did the whole insurgency thing, and they did pretty well, and they got to the top, and they kept the older traditions alive. So they're the religious power. And they hate Jesus because he broke Jewish law. He worked on... So... What? In terms that I would, yeah, 
is Jesus here, the 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 schmuck with an acoustic guitar who goes in to Sh- to Havdala on Shabbat and starts talking about the energy of, of like bringing out the negative energy into the cer- the center to be risen out of everyone. Yes. Okay, Absolutely. I don't like Jesus. <laughs> This is why I'm not. Yeah, that's that's a good call. Being Jewish, then. Yeah, yeah. That's how I like to think it went down. (laughs) Jesus just comes into temple and like plays acoustic guitar and is like, we should all just like love each other, man, and like bring our energies together. And then, no, there are chants that need to be said. Or that you from two thousand years ago just leans over and is like. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> this guy's going to want to dance under the moon. We're going to be asleep by then. We got stuff to do in the morning. There's all these people following him and they're just like, <laughs> yeah, oh. so loud. They want the oat milk <laughs> instead of regular milk. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so Jesus doesn't follow any of the rules. He doesn't punish people for crimes, like the Torah says. He stops a a mob from stoning a woman. This is heresy to the Pharisees. Um, Hardliners. Yeah. (laughs) So they decide he's got to get killed. Narcs. Narcs. (laughs) Yeah. If we're being honest, though, what really put Jesus and the Pharisees in conflict was that the Pharisees were the religion of the common man. The rural poor followed this more hardline, less Hellenized form of Judaism that the Pharisees pushed. Like most rural religious people, their opinions were conservative and less multicultural than the elite. But these rural poor were exactly the people flocking to Jesus. And there's only so much airtime. So the Pharisees wanted to stay in power by keeping their base. You got to solidify your base. Exactly. This is what Alex Jones has made his life on. Joel Osteen has made his life on. Yeah. Got to got to get got to keep people listening. Various Rebbies have made their lives on in the Lubavitch community. They're not going to listen to this. It's fine. Yeah. They don't own good delis. I don't care. <laughs> That's Aaron's bar for who's closest to God. <laughs> yes. <Astronomy>. Yeah. <laughs> Who has the best connection? so all this hatred the pharisees have comes to a head during passover dinner um it's seder but yes you can call it passover dinner if you want (laughs) fucking going (laughs) (laughs) passover dinner What are you eating this? A potato salad, maybe? That's what know. it's called I... in the book. <laughs> Stop bullying me. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so during Passover dinner, Judas Iscariot, one of the apostles, Becomes a narc. He helps the. This happens during the festive ser- ser- festive meal, when we've gone through so much of the se- of the service during the seder. The Haggadah has just gone on for fucking hours, and finally we have a meal break. 
and Judas like flips forward in the Haggadah. So he's like, ah, shit, we got like seven more pages of Somebody's this. Somebody's got to kill this guy. Somebody's got to kill this guy. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so Judas sells out Christ to the Pharisees and gets 30 pieces of silver. He returns the money and kills himself. Rough day. Um, <laughs> after this, Christ is taken to a religious trial. He's accused of a ton of stuff. The big one is that he claims to be king of the Jews. And really, everyone knows the only true king of the Jews is Leonard Cohen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Leonard Cohen, resident of a Jesuit monastery, I think. Was he? I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, he was a good dude. He was. King of the <laughs> yeah. Jews. Uh-huh. King of the Jews. What else do you need? <laughs> Shut up. It's true. King of the Jews was a fancy way of saying that Jesus was the prophesied Messiah. I should say Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Larry David, perhaps. Larry David. I think Mel Brooks over Larry David. That's fair. Yeah. I could see Mel Brooks leading a good Seder. Not, not, not Larry David. We got boys. We got trees. <laughs> <laughs> So Jesus doesn't say anything in his own defense. He's found guilty on all counts, but they can't kill him because the Romans own Palestine and only they can pass down the death sentence. So the Pharisees pack Jesus up. They take him to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, and say that he's got to be put to death. This is where Pontius Pilate squirts some hand sanitizer. Yeah, the classic hand sanitizer scene yeah. from yeah. Fashion of the Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Pilate asks about all the king of the Jews stuff because that kind of feels like Jesus is trying to overthrow Rome and make himself the ruler. Sure. Which is all anyone really gives a fuck about. Yep. Jesus says no. He's more like a metaphorical king, man. You don't have to worry, bro. Uh, God, the, 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 the application of just jerk with an acoustic guitar just makes more and more sense now <laughs> Pilate likes the sound of that he goes out to the crowd and he's like it's fine we'll let Christ go home it's okay the crowd disagrees and says you gotta kill him after some shenanigans they force Pilate to go through with the crucifixion Pilate's so disgusted by this having to kill Jesus to satisfy religious fundamentalists that he does the hand sanitizer thing, ritually washing yeah. his hands. Yeah. And yet somehow still becomes one of history's greatest villains. <laughs> Along with the entirety of the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> funny yeah. how history happens. Yeah. Yeah. Funny how that yeah. works. <laughs> yeah. So later that day, Roman soldiers crucified Jesus on Golgotha. History's coolest named hill? Question mark. Really, yeah, and also an, an infamous metal band. Mm, it's a good name. It's a good name. Good name. This would lead to some really bad shit. The Alexandrian riots of thirty-eight Common Era would lead to some of history's first clearly documented pogroms. Wars would break out between Romans and Jews not long after that. Bad time to be Roman. Bad time to be Jewish. Bad. Bad time to be human being. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Jesus's iconic call to pacifism would prove impossible for early Christians to follow. We can now get out of the goy part of this episode, Aaron. Oh, good. You, <laughs> really? Yeah. We can? Yeah, I can stop yeah. explaining Judaism to you. Oh, thank God. <laughs> what a miracle.
It's a it's it's called a mitzvah, Aaron. Oh, oh it's <laughs> got him. Really got him, listener. Part two. How the fuck did we get here? Uh, well, I I have been here for a good chunk of the day. <laughs> so I haven't really had to do anything to get here. You have had to convert to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, from the first part of this podcast. Oh, you shit, told me I during the break. That. Yeah, you're right. I did. I, I was trying to play it cool for the audience and then reveal that as a third act. But twist but i mean here we are so um my my name now is eric smith simmons <laughs> and uh i work in finance and your dog son kyle <laughs> dog son kyle <laughs> yes <laughs> he's very into uh be like the goy version of dogs behavior <laughs> like i hate barking at mailmen <laughs> <laughs> What's the Jewish version of Doctor? <laughs> I well, I've got a book that my dad sent me when I adopted Barry, and it's how to raise a Jewish dog. And it, it's basically like taking your dog to a dog park and watching the other dogs as they run around and saying to your dog, they behave like that, but we don't. <laughs> 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 Which is kind of how the way it works with Barry. So, you know. Barry doesn't behave like that. It's true. Barry does not behave like that. He's much better behaved. He's going to be a doctor. He's going to be a doctor or a rabbi. <laughs> I can see it. He's a wise and learned dog. Dr. Rabbi Barry. Dr. Rabbi Barry. <laughs> mm. So previously we established Jesus was a radically nonviolent Middle Eastern man who set out to help the poor by defying the yep. religious traditions of his day. In an effort to systemically reform his society. Sure. So why the... He tried. Yeah. He tried reform. He did. How'd that work? Not good. Not great. So we're left with the question, why the fuck does Pat Robertson exist? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Billy Graham. Better known as the thing I scream to God every morning when I wake up. <laughs> when you wake up, you have a brief moment of clarity and calm, and then suddenly... Just <laughs> in a moment of Job-like frustration, yeah. I go out on my back porch and scream yeah. at God about the existence of Pat Robertson. <laughs> is he dead? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't exist I was thinking anymore. about that. Fuck him. Jerry Hopefully Paul he doesn't. Jerry, yeah, I mean, every... Some dude made a mayonnaise from the Midwest. <laughs> One of those motherfuckers. Made of mayonnaise. It's like that. That's like the anti-golem, right? Where like the the traditional golem is made of mud and has like <laughs> Hebrew carved into the forehead and is a product like a protector <laughs> that goes awry. But then the 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 goyish version is just this amorphous blob of mayonnaise that just starts off hyper aggressive and there's no controlling it and it just gets worse <laughs> Holy shit. that's writing that's what happens when goyim starts studying kabbalah writing a short story about a midwestern pastor who makes a mayonnaise golem to terrorize a gay kid <laughs> oh no i'm working on it right now <laughs> Oh. 
This is what happens when you let the French make food. Yeah. No mayonnaise. I said nothing no north mayonnaise. of cashmere. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a this is a good make a good point. To yeah. to understand this, the existence of Pat Robertson or other mayonnaise men, <laughs> I have to go on another brief digression. No. Ah! <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you know the thought experiment Theseus's ship, Aaron? Now, hold on a second. You're saying that there is a connection that we need to make between the death of Jesus and Pat Robertson? Yeah. Things don't just naturally flow between these two? Shockingly, Shocking. it's a lot of history of dudes in funny hats owning whorehouses and giving out loans to get us here. Wild. Wild. You asked Theseus's ship. Yes. I don't recall this in ancient Greece simulator. Oh, well, so that's why you're that's to... why you're a casual. <laughs> um, this was DLC yeah. that I did not pay for. The idea is you have a ship and you go out adventuring in it and it gets damaged. Sure. So as it gets damaged, you replace the parts that break. And as you go on more adventures and you fix the boat every time, you slowly, plank by plank, replace every single board. The question of Theseus's ship is once you've replaced everything, is it still the same ship? Is Theseus still at the helm? Sure. Then it's still Theseus's ship. Aaron Simon confirmed Each shit supporter of property rights. <laughs> Famed CIA plant. We got him, guys. <laughs> Send in the secret police. Get him. <laughs> good answer. That was, good. That, was, that was an original one. I hadn't heard that before. <laughs> right, it's like if you if you go with the cultural context, and I know this is not the point of that. The, yeah. the, the I know what the point of this is, but I mean, you know, let's let's consider this from the context of the culture. If he is still at the helm, and if the purpose is still the same, same boat, same boat. I mean, you know, it's you. You shed skin. Same and, person. You know, same person. Question mark. To continue, a man. You know, wave goes in, wave goes out. If if the water is is exchanged, what is the bubble? Got the words. <laughs> got the words got the words we are all just bubbles on our river you know sometimes the bubble goes up and then sometimes the bubble goes back into the river we'll put that on a t-shirt with like a big picture <laughs> of a stream <laughs> yeah and then we'll yeah, dude. Yeah. dude it's fine man. it's fine just, man. Just, fucking... just listen to my i'm just gonna bring my guitar to <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna bring my my guitar to Havdala's service <laughs> so i'm gonna gonna talk die uh Never mind. So that example feels complicated, but if I rolled in a complete replica of Theseus's boat and put it next to Theseus's boat, you'd say that's not Theseus's ship. It's the slowly replacing boards that makes you think it's the same one. Like you're saying, it's a continuum. Yeah. This might even extend to if I slowly turned Theseus's humble wooden sailing craft into a modern steel battle cruiser. As long as I did it slowly, piece by piece, there's still an yeah. argument. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you, go, go on. I don't want to ruin this. I think I see where you're going with this now. Yeah. To put it another way, gradual change is almost impossible to notice. Sure. And Theseus's shipping is one of the Wright's favorite moves. 
you take a radical and you slowly, quietly shift their values until they're whatever you want to see. Look up Adam Smith and his hatred of landlords or Ronald mm-hmm. Reagan's love of astrology or Winston. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, that I did not know. He fucking loved <laughs> astrology. He had That's an on-call astrologer. Never, never, never get into astrology. No. I beg. I beg you, fellow millennials and, and Gen Zers who follow us, shed yourselves of fucking astrology. It goes nowhere. It's not good. If you want weird spiritualism, just go to Zen. There's weird stories about chopping cats in half to prove a point. Go with that. <laughs> and we need a Zen Cohen in the newspaper every day like a horoscope. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Amazing. Are you kidding me? It'd be great. Strongly support. <laughs> yeah, with enough complicated historical argument and censorship, you can easily make the world forget who any historical figure was. Yeah. You Theseus to ship it. You make a whole new person piece by piece until no one would recognize them. Mm-hmm. One small and petty example of this with Jesus that really goshes my darns is the fact that Christians don't drink. <laughs> yeah did you, did you not like them i i i that just that was so ned flanders i was not prepared for it <laughs> in the bible as i'm sure you're aware people guzzled <laughs> wine like they were moms at a saturday youth soccer camp or shall we say uh just anyone at a Purim party? That's fair. <laughs> or anyone at a pe- as a Pesach Seder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But according to today's morals, why Sinkatora. Any oh, any yeah. holy day. <laughs> a lot of Yeah, a lot, lot of the holy days, I guess yeah, not all of them. Sorry. No. Oh. <laughs> Yom Kippur. Yeah, no. Not a not a drinking holiday. <laughs> but when it's over. <laughs> well, you're very hungry at that point. And really, you just want to eat fair. and not, not worried about drinking. <laughs> uh, yeah, but according to the morals of today, drinking too much is immoderate. So mm. religious leaders say that Jesus loved moderation. So obviously, Jesus wouldn't want you to drink because now it's immoderate. Sure. Yeah, no matter how much he drank himself, it's di- it's different time now. So we'll just swap that plank out. Make a- Yeah, he didn't drink. Didn't drink. Teetotal Jesus. Teetotal or Jesus. Just made fish. Just made fish out of rocks. Um, Yep. Yep. So that's kind of the move. That's how they do it. Take something out of the context of its times and put it into our context and then work backwards and then justify it. Sure. But those bastards at the Vatican don't just change small stuff. They change everything about anyone they get their hands on so how frequently do you say the phrase those bastards at the vatican it's the second thing i scream to god every morning (laughs) good i just scream hitler youth pope Um, every day every single day Oh. <laughs> oh god in my opinion the most dangerous example of this kind of theseus's shipping is white yeah. jesus yeah. yeah yeah why this happened is simple 
Europeans painted a Jesus that looked like Europeans. <laughs> sure. Then they killed everyone else, so it became the most popular. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure, he was Middle Eastern and Jewish, but why are we getting all SJW about it? Doesn't change his teaching, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, totally fine. It's just a small change. It's, it's fine. A thing. Yeah. But the thing is, teetotaling Jesus wasn't a comment on alcohol. It was a comment on fun as a concept. <laughs> Next thing you're going to tell me is that the Puritans were not a joy. No, no. It was the first step <laughs> towards Puritan, serious, small town, mayor of footloose Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty University, gays cause tornadoes, jello is a salad, no dancing Jesus. <laughs> jello is a salad. <laughs> Instead of a singer of one of the best punk bands of all time. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then once they do that with teetotaling Jesus, suddenly no one can have fun during sex and we're all wearing bonnets and hand churning our own butter in rural Pennsylvania, Aaron. Yep. That's what happens. That is what happens. You just Theseus has shifted, shifted, the, shifted. <laughs> shifted in the fun. Is that, Did I do it right? Yeah. No, did I philosophize yeah. right? You right, philosophized. Cool. <laughs> All right, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> the, Rad. This same process happens with white Jesus. When you make him white, then you start making him a race realist. Then you start making him a race science theorist. And then suddenly yeah. you're using the Prince of Peace's teachings to justify the genocide of, and I'm not exaggerating, all of West Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. If you don't believe me on that one, according to a study published in Psychology of Religion and Spirituality, white religious people are more likely to have negative attitudes about black people if they think Jesus was white. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Turns out when you take the uh, the Lord created us in his image a little too literally, that's bad. Start thinking other people weren't. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's bad. Bad stuff. Bad stuff happens. No stars on you. <laughs> no stars on up. This is why I, I really uh, I got lucky when I was growing up that I had a rabbi who was straight up when we were like old enough. He said, "You guys realize all of this is a metaphor, right?" <laughs> and uh, I, I do sometimes wonder what would have happened if I had not had had Rabbi Cantor as a as a rabbi. <laughs> rabbi Cantor. Ken Cantor. Great branding. Good guy. Yeah. He's a good dude. That's that's, that's what every religious leader should say when the yeah. like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you you know this is a, a metaphor, right? You should relax. That's, that's why it's written like a DD source book, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it's like the fuzzy on the details, yeah. you know. If the rules don't work for you, uh, fudge them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fame. Yeah. Fame tagline to rabbinical Judaism if the rules don't work for you. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I grew up in Reformed Judaism, so that's basically the way it that's works. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. If you like shrimp, you can eat the shrimp. <laughs> My base entry into every religion is that principle. I like shrimp, and therefore. <laughs> if you don't like shrimp, then we're not, yeah. not meant. No. So, like, white capitalist hateful supply side jesus yep slowly has replaced the actual ban from the gospels 
they did this with the Theseus shipping, and now he supports things that he actively spoke out against, praying in public. Buddy Christ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> praying in public, judging people for sinning, partying with money lenders, all things he hated, all things they're super into now. If this is a key from the far right, if this is a key play from the far right playbook, what the fuck do we do about it, though? End of part two. No, oh, I, was gonna, I, I thought you were asking for for an answer. Give, give me an answer. What the fuck no, do you do about well, it? How I, do we fix America? I, well, you know, I think the, uh, the, the thing that you do about that is you break off and you go, you know what? Fuck your Christ. I'm going to have my own Christ and my Christ is going to bomb your Christ. That is historically what you do about it. <laughs> Genius. Genius. <laughs> this is why I have become a Christian. <laughs> you got you got the, the first step of the dance down perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now end of part two, Aaron. All right. Aaron. Uh, okay. Jeez. This damn dog. Looked very cute when you picked him up like that. <laughs> well, he's he's now jumped off and is. What do you want? What do you want? All right. Well, very for some reason, he's refusing to speak English. That motherfucker. That this motherfucker is just staring. Come here. Come here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Barry always looks like he's going like this. It's one of my favorite things about him. There are many wonderful things about Barry, but that is high on the list. He's... All right, bud. You good? Do you want to sit like this? We'll see how long he's willing to stay like this. All right. A few more pages. All right. We got this, Perry. You good? You got this? No, you don't got this. All right. Come on. <laughs> Part three. Don't give the bastards an inch. Yep. So, I am about to go on an incredibly long digression. <laughs> what? <laughs> These are our listeners claw their eyes out. That's what I love. I love long digressions. <laughs> Long walk to a short point, listener. That's good writing. <laughs> good writing. It's like a 30-minute joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I've read all those Russian dudes that everyone loves. Long walk None, to a right? short no point. One, there are no good Russian writers. And I was saying this before Ukraine happened. Yeah. <laughs> like... Like everyone to know. <laughs> and before my segment on Leo Tolstoy. Um, <laughs> almost 2,000 years after Jesus and a few thousand miles away from Golgotha, Aaron, Leo Tolstoy was murdering people for Christ. You see what happens when you're Russian? Do you see you what see happens? happens? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Tolstoy was an artillery officer during the siege of Sevastopol. Sevastopol mm. was one of the key battles of the Crimean War, so nothing has changed. Do you think a lot of people in that war said, you think this is bad, 
Crimea River. You got the words. I got. got I had to get. Got the words. Had to get that out. I had to get that out of my system. Famed joke from Ukraine right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Aaron looks pleased about this. And this is an audio <laughs> medium that he looks pleased. <laughs> Just know about that. Yeah. Ooh. Stand with Ukraine. Hashtag. Hashtag. Shark has seen my 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 Dotson on Forza. Yeah, I have. It's got the Ukrainian flag and everything. Yes. You're so brave. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, so I'm hashtag doing my part. Hashtag. Um so this was a shitty place to be because the Crimean War was really the first truly modern war. This is a war of machines, not people. Like big lines of artillery shelling from long distance, snipers picking off entrenched troops, and injuries that looked less like a dude hit you with a sword and more like a horrific industrial accident. Cool stuff. Yeah. Very hot. Everyone liked it. Everyone loved it. Some good poetry out of that war. Yeah. And all of Leo Tolstoy. Which is 25 to 30% good. <laughs> That's better than a lot of Russian writers. Yeah. Yeah. Writers, even. What did I say? I th- you said Russian. You said writers. You said Russian writers. No, I said Russian writers. Yeah, I just mean yeah. better than most writers. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Frank Herbert springs to mind. And, you know, I'm drinking the Trooper beer, which is an Iron Maiden song that is. Uh, about the charge of the light brigade so oh, nice. you know thematic yeah very good choice yeah. thank you charge of the light brigade famed thing that went well super well <laughs> so it was like months of mud and blood and russian people literally dying for inches of ground and we're talking about world war one right crimea but yes oh. also world war one yeah. and world war two yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was a classic yeah. they just yeah. had to keep playing it it's really stuck in your head. <laughs> it's, you know, it's ACDC. Yeah. It's just, it never gets old. Yeah. If you're a German yeah. king around this time, <laughs> like you just can't get rid of the sound. Yeah. It's a real earworm. Yeah. Tolstoy spent the months of the Siege of Sevastopol, October 1854 until September of 1855, dodging bombs, writing, thinking, and losing a ton of money at cards, which was most of what he was good at. <laughs> <laughs> very bad at gambling. He would publish a fictionalized account of this time in a book called Sevastopol Sketches, which became an immediate hit and began his writing career. However, he didn't just get a sweet book deal out of his trauma. He also left the siege with memories that would haunt him forever, Aaron. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good for it him. great. Yeah. I, that's That's really... That's what the true Sevastopol was. Yeah. The friends, the, the, trauma. the trauma we made along the way. Exactly. <laughs> and what writer isn't, what writer can write without trauma, right? That's that's what I've seen on all the movies. All the movies. <laughs> None. No. We're all well balanced individuals. There was one guy, I can't remember his name. Um, he was like, was it no it wasn't Chester and there there was some like fucked up horror writer who was like like really visceral shit but he was a very like just happy guy don't trust <laughs> like, him got along well with everyone else yeah probably had bodies yeah yeah, yeah. 
He made yeah. he made a weekly vacation to a small patch of the woods that's just <laughs> graves. <laughs> <laughs> so the Crimean War happened. Book I mean, all wars happen because of money. But the, yeah. the Crimean War was allegedly about Christianity. And yeah. Oh, was this about like the so I don't really know a lot about I, I know there was the Russian Empire had a huge stake in it. And I know, you know, obviously a lot of other so with I, I'm assuming Ottomans were involved on another front. So the big beef in Crimea was Russia against France about okay. who would own Palestine, my good old friend Palestine. <laughs> in Crimea. Yes. This was the conflict was in Crimea. Hey y'all. It's Editing Bay Shark here. I just kind of wanted to clarify that the Crimean conflict wasn't about like um land domination. It wasn't like they were trying to own Palestine. It was about religious domination, which I don't think I made clear enough. It was about like which sect of Christianity like religiously gets to dominate Palestine and the Ottoman Empire. Like where what religion gets to spread their orthodoxy the most. And that's why they were beefing. Alright, sorry for the interruption. <laughs> <laughs> What the, what the fuck is up with Europe? Why why did the world why has the earth not swallowed up humanity yet? That is the real question here, you know? Or at least Europe, just a big sinkhole under like Western Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so France takes control of Christian Palestine and Tsar Nicholas the First one loses his fucking mind. Um, so Leo, yeah, Leo Tolstoy winds up sitting in the mud, watching people lose limbs over what European power owned Palestine. In Crimea. In Crimea. Not. Not in Palestine. Not in, okay. Ukraine. Ukraine. He's in Ukraine because of Palestine. Okay. All right. Sure. Sure. It's, It's the same thing. Geopolitics so, continue. Same place. <laughs> Ooh. So after he escaped the horror of that war, Tolstoy really got to thinking, man, about how like wars happen, dude. And um, <laughs> sure. Like a lot of Russians at the time, Tolstoy became an anarchist. Yeah. And while anarchism is well outside the mainstream today, unless you only know 45 people from Redacted. <laughs> and as like I, myself as i exchange uh text messages with libs in redacted and uh who tell me that amazon is is perfectly fine because they can exchange things that were stolen off their front porch yep I am reminded of how far outside the mainstream I am. (laughs) And you are far outside the mainstream because governments murdered all the anarchists. But don't worry about it, Aaron. It'll never happen again. Never. Never going to happen again. Nope. That's fine. That's that's, that's why we're, that's what, yeah, we're we're on signal. Yep, exactly. (laughs) That'll, That'll save us. That'll save us. Once we publish these podcasts. Yeah. 
Upset. <laughs> Ooh, but anarchism was a pretty respected school of thought in Russia at the time. So it was no big deal that he was an anarchist. What did make Tolstoy remarkable was his views on religion while being an anarchist. Mm-hmm. Most Russian anarchists thought religion was an outdated superstition from a pre-industrial time. Oh, so they were Han Solo yes, on the Millennium exactly. Falcon. Exactly. Right. To Leo Tolstoy's Luke Skywalker? No, I think like Tolstoy would prep. Obi-Wan? Yeah, I, I was going to go toward Obi-Wan. And and like maybe Bakunin would be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Chewbacca is Joseph Stalin. <laughs> what I Oscar Isaac's character is is, is, is Brezhnev. <laughs> Oh, which makes J.J. Abrams Boris Yeltsin. Um, <laughs> we solved it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, so they thought religion was some real backwoods peasant shit. Very rah-rah uh, Rasputin, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> so most anarchist writers figured religion had to go for the sake of industrial progress yeah but russian anarchists knew they couldn't just wait around for religion to die off because they were like, saying that he was the the lover of the russian queen yes yeah yeah exactly yeah sure go on so russian anarchists basically set out to overthrow God and kill the church. Oh, um, those Russians. Never lacking motivation. <laughs> uh, they did this because the church and state in Russia were basically just one thing at the time. Yep. They had a ton of separate power, but they also reinforced each other. The czar was chosen by God, which you knew because the czar told you so. Yeah. Because he was the head of the church. Yep. Authority all the way down. Yeah. And so the czar was like, these are God's secret police. Yep. Um, yep. All pretty the, cool stuff. The guys on horseback cutting you down as you're asking, hey, can we please have more wages? And they yeah. fire into your crowd, killing your babushka <laughs> and your 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 cousins, Ilyov and Kolnikov are, are being murdered and cut down and you're going but the wages and they go no we are God's secret police and they stick the, the sword into your shoulder and you go they're God's secret police Jesus said so Jesus Russian said Orthodox so. Jesus said so and Kolnikov is screaming on the ground you go we should not have tried to attack and dethrone God nope yeah. it always goes poorly yeah. except in a few years <laughs> When someone does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like all other Russian anarchists, Tolstoy hated the government and the church, but he loved Christianity. He was a Christian and saw all of this as like a huge perversion of his faith. Hmm. And he got so mad on Twitter. He wrote <laughs> books, pamphlets, angry letters. 
he's, telegrams. He's the John Russian Brown buddies. of the Russians. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, just writing anything he could to save his face from what Eastern Orthodox Church had done to it. Yeah. Uh, this was a point when Jesus had been Theseus chipped into a gigantic, <laughs> terrifying battle cruiser trying to kill Leo Tolstoy. Um, <laughs> the sole mission to shell Leo Tolstoy to death. <laughs> yep. That was the big Christ move of the time. Yep. <laughs> so, like Hoops every among other, us. Hoops among us hasn't tried to shell Leo Tolstoy. <laughs> yep. <sighs> so, he, like every other writer in the world, set out to write a book that would change the world. It didn't. No. Um, like every other writer in the world. So in the this book titled What I Believe, Tolstoy <laughs> explained his problem with organized religion like this. There do you, you like that title? There you go, Leo. Leo. That's how you know you're not going to do anything. <laughs> Clear and concise. <laughs> he said, all the evil things men do, such as condemning private individuals, whole nations, or other religions, and the inevitable result of these condemnations were justified by the church. I saw that the doctrine of Christ, which teaches us humility, tolerance, forgiveness, self-denial, and love, was extolled by the church, but that at the same time she sanctioned what was incompatible with such teachings. End quote. Yeah. Pretty standard. Yeah. You'll notice, though, that his beef is not all that dissimilar from what we got into about Jesus and the Pharisees and religion in Jesus's time. Sure. We we see organized churches preach acceptance on Sunday, and the minute their power is threatened, they start boinking fucking everybody. Tolstoy, just like Christ, thought this was horseshit. If your religion says you should be accepting, you can't just stop when it gets hard. I think a lot of uh, mainstream liberals in the United States would disagree with you there. That's fair. When it gets hard, that's one that broken is, window. Yeah, that's that's the time to resign and write a strongly worded letter toward the other members of your community who, who want to hold you accountable. Yeah. And really, isn't it about the credit card debt? It's cancel culture. It's cancel culture. Get a spot on Fox News. What about the elk? The elk? The elk. The 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 redacted elk. Where is that elk now? Uh, it, it, well, there's a, a new thing of people for, for redacted are uh, <laughs> saying that the elk is, is uh, I don't, it's bullshit. <laughs> oh, people can care about such strange things. Got a lot of good fires at that, at that elk. A lot of great fires. A lot of great fires at that elk. A lot of relationships, from what I'm understood, were forged in yes. those fires at that elk. And I think Jesus would have approved. Jesus was very pro having sex with someone you melt back <laughs> around a huge elk fire. As, as we know, yeah. through through the holy texts, the book of the Torah elk, too. The Torah, yeah, it's it's Leviticus ninety three seventy two says. Go fuck each other in the good way at the elk fire. Hey, how about that Tolstoy? How about oh. you continue us telling yeah. us about <laughs> Tolstoy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Rescue me from myself. So Tolstoy's thoughts on why Christianity went this way were, quote, 
Could the doctrine of Christ be so weak and inconsistent? That I could not believe. Well, um, <laughs> besides, it had always perplexed me to find the texts upon which the church has grounded her dogmas are of an obscure character, whereas those that teach us how to live are the most simple and clear. While the church specifies the dogmas and the duties derived from them in the most forcible manner, the practice of the doctrine is urged only in obscure, dim, and mystical expressions. End quote. It's almost like uh, the whole ceremony of the Catholic Church is not required. No. Or probably the orthodoxy. Or any of them. Or any of them. Is that that what he's trying to get across there? Yeah. So break out your guitar, head to Temple Iron, talk about vibes. No, look, I just just (laughs) want the simple Hebrew chanting of like five or six key prayers. That's all I'm asking. Don't translate the Shema into he, into English. The bare minimum of Hebrew. That's all I'm asking for. Shema Yisrael, all that good stuff. Just that. Played on a guitar. Playing on a guitar. <laughs> I'm out <laughs> of beer. <laughs> so Tolstoy's big aha moment. Yeah was that the church actually doesn't have a lot to say about the words of Jesus. Not shocking. Pretty common knowledge. Don't know if it was back then. Um, Jesus said lots of very clear things. For example, don't bonk people. But but churches have to incorporate that principle into a society, and a a church can't go to the government and tell them no bonking. Yeah. Because governments bonk. They love bonking people. <laughs> they, that's they what they it. do. They're that's, bonkers. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for the sake of practicality and making an endless stream of money, churches have to read over to the go- churches have to read over the gospels and to figure out how to stay Christian while totally ignoring what Christ said. It's pretty easy from what I can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to see this principle in action, ask a conservative family about the quote, it is easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than a rich man into the kingdom of heaven. And they'll hit you with a 10-page essay on how they're biblical scholars. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wasn't Isn't there some like thing floating around about how that's really referring to a geographical feature? Yeah, in... it isn't. Um... <laughs> But I mean, that sounds like it. It it would fit in Indiana Jones movies. It does. So that very would, Da Vinci Code. Yeah, very Da Vinci Code, right? Like you have to have significant knowledge of the geographical reason. Yeah. So that makes Jesus, sense. Jesus was a ways away from that particular geographical feature yeah. in a time when people, you know, didn't stray more than many miles from their home yeah. often, and yeah. he was like, "Y'all know this thing yeah. that's dozens of miles away." Yeah. Let's use that as an analogy. Exactly. I speak in parable. <laughs> and that's why I can make all the money you want. <laughs> it would be offensive to me if you did not do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Write the check to Liberty University. Um, don't hold hands. Don't hold hands. 
No dancing. No dancing. So basically just these people hope that if they make it hard enough to understand something, you'll throw your hands up and say, fuck it, they're the experts. Yep. Tolstoy's argument is that you should never do that. He, in fact, came up with a way to solve that whole problem. I could only find the solution of my doubts in the pursual of the gospel, and I read them over and over again. The method is simple. If you want to know what Jesus believed, read what he said. That's insane. Crazy. (laughs) Don't read what people have said about what people have said about what he might have said. Now, hold on. If you're going to do that, then you're calling into question all of theology. Oh, no. I wouldn't. I would never do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) How? Oh, I have to go on from the podcast where (laughs) I'll continue so that no one thinks I want to attack and overthrow the orthodox religion because <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't do that no um one example of this is if you're wondering about christ's thoughts on slut shaming <laughs> i'd like to point you to the phrase if your right eye causes you to stumble gouge it out and throw it away <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, instead of reading a few thousand years worth of Catholic priests explaining how the sentence actually means something different, maybe just fucking read the sentence. <laughs> this is a simple praxis. But <laughs> now you're using the P word. And as praxis. a good leftist, I got to remind you that there is no such thing as a good as a simple praxis. Yeah, it's true. If there is a, a, a if the, the recipe is one praxis for every 15 theory. That's true. Yeah, you need you need to get the ratio right or yeah. otherwise it'll be too spicy. Yeah, it'll be too <laughs> spicy. That's how you get seven caucuses formed against you and canceled on Twitter. <laughs> Ooh, it's been truly delightful watching the DSA for the past month and a half. It's a real delight. Oh, that collection of weirdo ass clowns. <laughs> it's <laughs> a real goddamn joy. <laughs> Jesus God. Mm. Uh, go on. <laughs> so why did I go into this long digression about Tolstoy and a podcast about Jesus besides them being loosely related? Sure. Um, it's because I love him and you can't stop me. You're the guest today, Aaron. Fuck <laughs> you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fuck you too, listener, if you don't like it. There are no listeners at this point. They've they've all that's true. (laughs) Um, but more importantly, I think Tolstoy lays out a good way forward. If you want to understand what someone from the past thinks, read what they say. Yep. The right wing is an intellectual movement based entirely on tradition, hierarchy, and orthodoxy. The leaders of their movement come up with a party line that defends the status quo. Then they disseminate that information from important sounding positions using very fancy stationery. Blue lives matter. Exactly. Western chauvinism. And they do that. We were kings. We were kings. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, I win. 
I hate that one. <laughs> one of my least favorites. No, you weren't. <laughs> you were serfs. You yeah. know that you were serfs. Yeah. There were like five kings. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on, man. Come on. And the, the, the descendants of kings have like gills. They're, they have gills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all have that weird royal family ET body. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> uh, perfect. You know the one, the cylinder with the yep. with the chin that just goes straight back <laughs> into the neck. No neck. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> reading a primary source and figuring yep. out what the person actually fucking thought. These are the things that break down tradition, hierarchy, and orthodoxy. You give yourself direct access to historical texts and historical figures. That's Tolstoy's practice. It's a good one. We should use it. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, no, I like I, I had this conversation with some friends earlier today. Um, I think the best things that contemporary Christians could do would be to look toward the liberation theologists yeah. in Central America in the 80s and 90s and probably today. As their sorry, as their models of Christianity and all you these know. guys do slap. Yeah. Make make their make your religion not suck. Yeah, that'd be and, cool. You know, for my for my my Jewish co-religionists, uh maybe don't get on board with Zionism. Because <laughs> that inevitably means that people are gonna live behind a wall and be third class citizens while you eat your little pastries in Tel Aviv. You don't want that on your conscience. Don't do that. And for the love of God, don't post Instagram stories about, quote, hero Israeli cops. Oh, end no. quote. Is that a thing? It is. Uh, thankfully, Instagram is not loading for me for the past three days. That's so nice. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Would yeah. That and I think that's just in general, like, a good way to battle people from Harvard thinking they know everything. <laughs> yeah, just look up that stuff, you know? The, the, yeah. yeah, liberation theology, good people. Yeah, I, I so I think going back to the, the broader, broader question of uh, what all of this means and why a man with a gold cross necklace can mace down people and <laughs> probably take some weird joy out of it uh i think everything we talked about here just kind of plays into it like if you if the power structure does a whole fucking number on people yep. regardless of if you are you know a pharisee a sadducee or some minor uh cog in the russian imperial machine Yep. Doesn't it's matter. Like, yeah. Just like fancy people, right? And fancy stuff that make average people believe in horror. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I thought back as we were talking about this, and you mentioned earlier my favorite human being, Jordan Peterson, mm -hmm. uh, interviewing Andy Nyo recently. And Andy, God, borderline erotic. <laughs> Andy asked something about like, 
why why do you... <laughs> all right first before i talk about this I, I have to ask you have you seen the movie tombstone yes okay you know the movie you know in the movie tombstone which is really the only film that anyone ever needs to see in life yeah, exactly. <laughs> when when uh doc holiday is talking about johnny ringo and doc holiday is talking to wyatt earp and he's on his deathbed supposedly and saying that Wyatt Earp shouldn't go after Johnny Ringo because he'll lose. And Wyatt's going, like, why do you think that? And Doc Holliday goes, something like uh, a man like Johnny Ringo is fueled only by revenge. And <laughs> Wyatt Earp says, revenge against what? <laughs> Doc Holliday goes, being born. <laughs> and there's a, there's a moment in this interview between Jordan Peterson and Andy where Andy asks, like, why do you think they, they they do this? And and Jordan Peterson says, Why do you think Antifa does yeah, violence? Yeah, yeah. And he goes like, <laughs> just, they they hate God for the because something basically like they hate God because they are they experience being. <laughs> and he starts crying <laughs> and it's like man that's like just the most freshman philosophy bullshit pulled right yeah. like mixed in with tombstone that yeah. you could possibly have and the fact that people believe jordan peterson as a a a thinker and b someone who meshes with any sort of christianity <laughs> and they don't believe him because he's smart because he isn't yeah, they believe him because he had a fancy university job. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I got a lot of. There's a lot of lot of reasons to strongly dislike the Orthodox Jewish community. Ben Shapiro is one of those reasons, but yeah. another reason is just everything they're doing. But also, uh, they they don't go to that extent of just intellectual depravity with the exclusion of ben shapiro who should be deep wrist uh <laughs> foreskin extender foreskin extender so i don't know my real point throughout this whole episode is if anyone who's ever been affiliated with harvard tells you anything <laughs> don't listen just run away yeah. at full speed yeah, yeah. this is going to be a theme I think yeah. throughout our entire series is, is if you touch the darkness, you are tainted by the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should be ostracized. <laughs> the corrupting influence of Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> you forever mire your soul. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, if anyone from Harvard, if you ever see a Harvard sweatshirt, just run. I think also assume anyone with a gold cross over plate armor is just as bad as harvard yeah yeah Eh, except if someone's out there to play carry with the gold cross they'll only kill you (laughs) well you say they have a if they have a harvard diploma they might kill for instance cambodia as a concept yeah yeah (laughs) so burn down the ivy leagues i've been robert sharkey i've been aaron simon 